Hello and welcome to another episode of Cyber Matters. I'm your host, Russ Dorsey, Principal and CIO at Kasuf & Company, and Cyber Matters is part of the Kasuf Podcast Network. Uh, cyber Matters, we talk about the cyber that matters to uh, us, our clients, their families, uh, businesses. This is a personal uh, human look at cyber, the impact of technology, and how we're deploying it to enrich business and to enrich our lives, but also uh, how to stay safe, you know, how, how to protect those things that are important to you. Today, we are very excited to welcome uh, our guest, Joshua Crumbaugh. He's the uh, CEO of Fish Firewall. I guess full disclosure would be uh, appropriate first. Fish Firewall is a, a company we use, but also we are u- using them and, and working with them with some of our clients. But Joshua, I want to welcome you. Um, I appreciate you taking time out of your day. Just told Joshua, you know, in the pre, pre-show, we'll skip over the, the bio because it is very long. I'd be here for 20 minutes just reading uh, everything you've done. But 17 jobs in 23 years, man. I mean, now if I was interviewing you, I'd be like, uh, well, what's up? But now a lot of those are concurrent. Uh, yeah. why, why, so I guess my question for you is, do you buy your Retlin in bulk? I mean, how do you keep all these things up in the air that you've been doing through your career? No, I mean, i am just always been a very driven person. And, uh, and in my career, it was uh, often, you know, stepping up, taking the, the next opportunity. Um, and uh, and really just pro- progressing my career and, and progressing often within uh, within these organizations as well. Um, so, yeah, it's uh, it's been a, it's been a crazy, uh, crazy run of things. I, I got into ethical hacking because I was looking for a challenge. Mm-hmm. Um, and when that challenge was, you know, wasn't hard enough, uh, I guess I, uh, I opened up a company because uh, I was really looking for a challenge. Yeah, you you'll definitely find it there. Now, your background, as far as uh, your your education, was in marketing, right? At uh, Oral Roberts University, is that correct? But I was just thinking about the marketing and the psychology behind that has got to be an edge, because when you oh, get absolutely. into that side of things and understanding, uh, so I'm, I'm sure that's been something that's been has, has given you an edge when it comes to the the hacking uh, and the ethical hacking that you're doing, right? It, yeah, it, it's funny. My uh, my career took an unexpected turn when uh, when I got to college. The marketing dean uh, sort of took me under his his wing, and uh, and by took me under his wing, I mean I, I should it might be more accurate if I said recruited me uh, to uh, to marketing. Um, I spent a, a good decade there, and uh, and very much heavily into studying the psychology behind. How do people make decisions and how do we influence uh, those decision making? Uh, well, I guess those decision making processes. Um, and, and so that naturally led me to being very good at the social engineering part later in my career when I got into ethical hacking. Mm-hmm. Uh, because quite literally the day I learned that ethical hacking was a thing, I quit my job and said, this is this is what I get, what I'm going to do for a career. I mean, you, you were, a, 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 I think, a, a senior pen tester uh, with with uh, the FDIC, was that correct? And then also with uh, yes. the, yeah, the, the, the SEC, the Security and Exchange. So, I mean, you've, you've, you've definitely jumped in with both feet and, and went in that direction. So to, to talk about Fish Firewall specifically, and again, you know, you, you came, I guess, to this, explain PeopleSec. Was that your first uh, company? Uh, so, uh, well... <laughs> How that first company, we could go a long ways back. I mean, do we count uh, mowing lawns when I was 10? Uh, but uh, but no, I, I guess uh, PeopleSec was my first cybersecurity company. 
And uh, I founded that with the idea of we're going to do consulting to build this really cool technology. And so we got most of the way there, probably 80% of the way there on building that technology uh, under PeopleSec. And then at that point, we said, okay, we really want to take this to market. We, we can't, you know, uh, it, we want to take this to market and we want to go at an accelerated rate. And so we decided to, instead of continue bootstrapping, um, to spin out, uh, uh, I'm sorry, uh, Fish Firewall as its own product, go out and get it investors and really shut down PeopleSec. Um, we do still do a little bit of consulting, um, but it's very high end, very exclusive. Uh, we, you know, the, the primary core of our business is Fish Firewall the product. Okay. So, 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 so what you're doing with Fish Firewall came out of the uh, experience in the products you were developing with PeopleSec. Um, so then that brings us to Fish Firewall, which is um, a fish testing company. But you came into this market uh, where there's already some pretty big players. So, I mean, what what did you see as the opportunity here and, and what drove uh, what you were developing as, as far as what is your your differentiator? What's what's separating you from this? Uh, yeah, uh, well, yes, a lot there. Um and so to start, the thing that sort of got me into this or sparked me to, to start Fish Firewall uh, was in my consulting career, I was breaking into all of the most secure locations in the world. It was almost like a gotcha game. And I didn't see a lot of uh, a lot of anything to actually get fixed as a result of my testing efforts. And so the worst case of this ever was this major financial institution that I was able to tailgate in uh, or into their corporate headquarters and into their executive offices four years in a row off of the exact same person. The problem was is that there was zero education. There was nothing that came with yeah, as a result. And so my testing and my, no matter what I did, it really didn't provide any uh, real value. Now, on occasion, uh, some customers would do would want us to test for more than compliance. And those were my favorite customers because they would fix everything that we told them needed to be fixed. But the large majority weren't. And, and especially when it came to the human findings, because when I would talk to them about being vulnerable, they'd say, well, you can't patch stupid. And so uh, that sort of became my uh, the pet peeve. And uh, and out of that pet peeve, I developed a passion um, I looked at the industry and all of the tools that were in it, like, you know, uh, uh, things like Know Before or Proofpoint or Cofence, uh, to name a few. And and I, I looked at those tools and what I and it almost. Uh, well, I guess it became my passion that, you know, we hand out these tools with no training, no guidance on how to build an effective or proper system. And often the tools, the the very features of the tools um, are counter counterproductive if we're trying to keep a positive and uh, and non-punitive approach in in our methodology. And so, you know, I set out to create something better, something that was friendly to the users, something that the users would actually enjoy, something that would engage the users, and uh, and actually help them learn these uh, these topics instead of just you know, parroting something uh, during a, a test that they take once a year to 
prove that they could remember it for 10 seconds. We don't need them to remember it for 10 seconds. We need them to remember it all year long. And so uh, that's uh, Fish Firewall is, is sort of the culmination of that. And uh, and at our, our core, it, it's, you know, there there's two things that make us different. A, we're not a tool. Uh, we are a completely AI-driven solution um, that has psychology at its core. And so those those best practices are uh, are built into everything that we do. And the AI does all of it for you so that you don't have to do anything. Um, and that means we're able to get better results, results that no one else can think of. Yeah, that, that, I think that's a, a – you touched on several points. Now, when you were talking about tailgating in, I don't want to get back – to that but just to clarify for the listeners you were actually doing physical penetration yeah. testing so you would wind up physically in a space take pictures that you were there and show them their vulnerabilities um the same psychological principles though apply uh no matter how you're breaking into a system right it's 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 yes. f- finding the, the the bad habits it's it's, it's uh, exploiting people's trust and this uh uh, the this this uh, normalcy bias that people have to oh, well this is the way stuff is and and so you do have to find ways to shake that up and you're right I think I like one of the things that I liked about your approach uh, is that it is a uh, is when 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 we implemented uh, fishing fish testing here in 2015 we were early but it was very important to us that it be I didn't like the word gamified but that was the, the approach it had to be non-threatening it had to be something that the staff and everybody was excited about doing and participating in the process. And I, I think you're right. There was a lot of early bad implementations of fish testing, right? I mean, we've, you know, we heard, well, we do it once a quarter and it's this, yeah, this standard, you know, and we check that box and we're done. And there's just, there's, there, there's no, you know, there, there's no customization around behaviors, those things. So really your, your system um, and any good system that anybody be looking for should really be adaptive, right? It should be something that, Know, the, the users respond back to in the system then gives them a different set of training is that something that advocates yeah, yeah absolutely yeah. uh not only does it, it adapt to the individual and uh on the training uh but also the fishing simulations um in addition to that we have role-based training baked in so it's not just your generic security awareness training that everyone in the company gets that's sort of this one size fits all uh, this is adaptive. So your IT team gets training about common mistakes they make that lead to a compromise. Your developers get training on the what's called OWASP Top 10, but it's just secure development practices. Your uh, We have training for the C-suite on cyber risk management and just understanding basic cybersecurity topics in general. Uh, we've got training for your defenders on uh, what's called the MITRE attack framework. And this is just a, basically an inventory of all of the different tactics that we've seen the bad guys use and how they're exploited. Um, and it's important that defenders know that so that they can look for them within the network. Um, and we've got training for your finance team, your marketing departments, uh, your sales teams, and so much more. And so all of this is uh, is because different people have different vulnerabilities that they present to the organization. And uh, and it's very important that uh, people understand how their job and their role could impact cybersecurity. And I think a, a great example of this is HR. Uh, they tend to be very susceptible to phishing attacks, um, not on purpose. No, it's, it's never or rarely on purpose. 
Uh, but nevertheless, they're very susceptible, yet they have access to all of our most sensitive information. Uh, when, when you start telling HR these things and connecting the dots in a very simple way, it clicks and they're like, oh, wow, I do have access to this. I do have to be more careful. Um, and it may seem like a, you know, duh type of thing, um, but you'd be amazed at how just connecting the dots and creating that human connection can help change people's behavior and getting them to start thinking in a different way. I don't mean to pick on HR. No. I actually like HR. They're one of our biggest allies. Yeah, no, it's it's the guys in sales you have to watch for. Uh, but but your point uh, is, is, is very good that, that people, um, I, I always say that, you know, everybody aspires to be part of, of something bigger. Everybody wants to be on a winning team. And you're right, that sense of ownership when you do take the time, and even in a small organization, um, which is where I think this gets overlooked a lot, is it seems like, well, we got to implement this program. It's going to be such a, a huge undertaking. Um, but it really just starts with talking to the employees and, and getting them uh, ownership that they're going to help the company survive a cyber attack that as we say on the it side we have a lot of i won't say derogatory things to say about users but we have a lot of little you know idioms and things we use to describe user behavior but it's but we're all human right and so everybody has to understand that hey and i'm i'm here and the fact that i'm the person sitting in this chair makes me the target Uh, it's not because it's me or because i'm gonna do something stupid i hate it when a, a user feels bad about you know having done something that was really beyond their control because the guys that are doing this are spending a lot of time you know if there was an r&d department somewhere in eastern europe or asia or wherever where they're doing all the psychological profiling they're spending a lot of time figuring out what we're going to click on and so you've got to get that ownership right um absolutely and it and it's not just that there, there's other elements at play here it it's security because is very prevalent in our workplaces nowadays. And what that means is that for a lay user that knows nothing about cybersecurity, really nothing about computers, um, you know, enough to go to work and and use office to get their job done and, and, you know, whatever it happens to be, but past that they don't know computers. And so, um, the average person often believes that it's so secure at their work that they couldn't possibly get hacked. And uh, and there was this study that found that there's this group of people, I, I want to say it's like 6% out of 100, um, that will, uh, or somewhere around 6% total, but uh, 6 out of 100 that will forward a suspicious email from their their personal account to their work account so that they can click on it at work because it's too shady to click on on their personal computer, (laughs) but their work computer is so secure it couldn't get hacked. So it's not too shady to click over here. Um, That is, you know, it's one of those things that just simply educating users about the fact that there is no such thing as too secure to be hacked. Um, makes a, a big difference and eliminates that group of people from your workforce. Yeah, and I, I, I think to that point, uh, the you know the cloud platforms, uh, G Suite and Office 365, I think also give that false sense of security. Um, and a lot of businesses are, I mean, clearly for years have fallen prey to that. Well, if we go to Microsoft's cloud, then uh, you know we'll be fine. And they don't realize we got to go to Microsoft's cloud, and you've got to implement all the security that's off 
by default. Uh, yeah. MFA being one of the big ones. I mean, it took Microsoft years to enforce uh, MFA to any degree where they really, uh, you know, push it now. But for years, you know, you were able to run without that. But the um, uh, the the training side doesn't go away with that. I mean, you've got to train people no matter where your email is coming from. You've still got to have that training because if you click the malicious email while you're checking your email at home or even on your, you know, your, your mobile device, you could still get that malware. And then if you're then using that device as we all were from COVID to then come back into the organization, you can bring it, uh, you know, you, you can bring the malware with you that way after getting infected at home. Um, Absolutely. It's, it's all interconnected. And, uh, and to that regard, that's the reason it, it has to become a, a subconscious reaction. I always talk about what I like to call human virus definitions. Uh, but all it means is that when we run a phishing simulation and we provide that just-in-time education to help them understand you know, where the red flags were, and we do it in a healthy way so that they don't feel abused, but they feel empowered, uh, what happens is it creates... Um, well, what I like to call a human virus definition. So that user now becomes 70% less likely to fall for any similar attacks in the wild. And uh, and they begin after just a short period of time and getting, you know, uh, just a handful of these simulations under their belt, moving on without even realizing it. So sort of uh, an autopilot, if you will. And so you'll you'll go back to the user and you'll say, well, you deleted that. Why didn't you report it? I say, oh, I didn't even see it. I, I don't know. I guess I just uh, clicked delete. I don't have any recollection of that whatsoever. But it sits in their deleted inbox, and that's because this, you know, when we're we're doing this right, it's happening at a subconscious level even more than it's ever happening at a conscious level. Yeah, and that's uh, getting the users there again. Was uh, like I said, we we started in 2015, so we've been at this now uh, eight years. Um, and we'll, we'll talk a little bit about why we changed products, but what we did see was it, it didn't take long. I mean, we got our click rates down, and if you know if you're doing fish testing, it's all about that. Uh, or it sh- well, it shouldn't be all about that, but that's really the metric that you follow the the, the trailing indicator to say, hey, yeah, it's working. Um, but what we did see was just this higher and higher suspicion of things, uh, even things that uh, I mean, the the, the types of uh, you know things we get sent to our help desk now because we set up a phishing mailbox was uh, this, this, you know, is this attachment safe to open, which is a legitimate question, but they're doing that on the tail end of a thread with somebody where they're expecting the attachment. It's coming through proof point security. It is by all stretches of the imagination, a good email to click. Um, and so I talk to my team sometimes go, well, have we driven it too far? And the answer is no because everything will change and all of a sudden that proof point will look a little different or something and be a little weird about it. So that's, that's really where we found it too with the users. Like you said, this virus definition concept, they get that normalcy bias I referred to earlier. They get used to seeing the things that are right and the things that are wrong. And so when there's something just a little off now, they catch it, which is just amazing um, that, that, that you can get a workforce there. Um, Absolutely. Yep. And, and that's part of the reason that we we make sure to start training your users right out of the gate about how uh, about those little details, because um, you don't want to get people so scared that they won't click on anything. So 
Now, it has to be this, this happy middle ground, this balancing act, if you will. All of security is. It's, it's balancing business operations with, uh, with security. And so we start training people to look for that external sender notification banner right out of the gate, to look at the email address that's sending it, to look at the context of the email, to look at how they greet you. Those little details that, uh, that like you said, are, are the things that it's the tiny little things that are off. Um, that's going to make the difference between catching it and not catching it on those ones that have already gotten through, what, 10 layers of security to get to their inbox in the first place. Was the other thing that you see when you hit a user base, and again, I want to stress for anybody listening, we're talking about five employees or 500. Um, You're right, you have to find that that sweet spot in there uh, as far as what is safe to open and not, and, you know, pairing this with a smart uh, filtering process on the back end um, because the things that we saw coming through uh, that our users started catching were the things that the uh, our uh, malware protection was was not able to catch like business email compromise when the uh, when the attackers would inject themselves in the middle of a thread through somebody else's breached mailbox and all of a sudden we're getting requests to move money and if we hadn't had that training they wouldn't have spot spotted the odd you know things that were happening like this email address changing and whatnot um, so we've, we've had years and years of uh, really good success, but then you look at, well, we're hiring people because during COVID, man, we've, we've had more people, more turnover uh, in the last two years in the firm probably had had in the previous five. And how do you get those people ramped up to that same level? Because I'm fine with the people that started in 2014 with me, right? But I'm scared to death of the guy that started this month. Uh, so that, again, is an interesting approach you guys take in the way you scaled through that and that was a truly unique thing you want to describe that or talk about that for a minute okay so our new workforce we've got the the big workforce trained they're conditioned they do a good job what do we do about the new workforce um so what we do is it's adaptive that's the reason that we brought an ai to this because it, it did one size fits all just doesn't work and it's not efficient so we want to be able to increase the frequency of the amount of phishing simulations that we're running against each individual and not just increase the frequency, but find out what you are most likely to click on and then begin targeting you with that type of attack until you're no longer susceptible. And so we do that rapid triage just by simply the more you click on, the more of they of that type of phishing simulation you're going to get. Um, and so it helps to train you on on that type of attack in a very quick and safe environment. So mm-hmm. you know, so so just to recoup, you know, re- recap this for you know anybody for our listeners, you know, it doesn't matter the size of your organization. It doesn't matter if you're cloud-based or not. Um, as far as phishing and I, I think the other thing is you know the the things that uh, people learn from this hopefully they're taking home and they're teaching their family to be safer about things i mean we can get into a whole n- another conversation about the email phishing that goes on with with individuals and specifically the elderly which is just insidious but they're the largest victims of of, of this by far um the other thing though is is the fatigue factor uh Again, it has to be fun. I've, I've, I've told the story before that, and, and for a reason I won't get into, I finally bet our our staff of, you know, if they could ever, ever have a month with zero clicks, we'd have a pizza party. And that, that was the thing. So that, that was the incentive. It took us five years to get there, but we finally bought pizza for the firm. It was a fun thing, but it was always, 
it was always that kind of positive reinforcement. You guys never, you know, shame, you know, put up the oh, you just clicked. Here's the here, here's the ugly email, and here's the uh, here's the three days of uh, adaptive training you're going to have to be subjected to. Right? I mean, that's that's not the way to do this. It's got to be positive. But where I was headed with the fatigue factor is, and you know, at some point it may happen with your product, it may not. So far, it's been adaptive. But your users do get used to how they're being tested, and I think that's something to look at. If you're using a system now and you're happy with it, great. And if you've got the results you want, great. But how much of that is the users going, oh, yeah, that's, uh, uh, you know, I'm, I'm not going to name names. But, oh, yeah, that's, that's, uh, that, 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 that's our, our monthly fish test from X, Y, and Z company. You can ignore that. How much of that goes on? Well, hopefully not much. We uh, we make them very realistic. Well, I didn't, uh, mean with, I didn't mean with you specifically. I just mean in the industry. I think it's a problem because... A lot. <laughs> yeah. I mean, some of the other products I've seen, I guess I should have been more specific, just seem to collect a pool of, of, of current event emails, and then they push them to you on a schedule. And it's, you know, it, it's... The, the users do get used to that. They're, they're, they're going to recognize those patterns, right? So you want to... Yeah. You want to highly randomize it and... Um, I'm, I'm sorry. Uh, I'll go for it. No, I, I, I agree. Uh, it absolutely needs to be heavily randomized and, uh, and, and adaptive because otherwise they, they will get that fatigue. You can't just keep running the same sim simulations over and over and over again. Um, we battle that by, by really everything's in buckets. So we just make sure that we're constantly adding to our buckets and keeping them full uh, so that our AI has plenty of content to uh, work with you. Uh, the other thing we do to battle that, though, is advanced spearfishing. So uh, our clients can set up a few things like giving us a logo, uh, giving us email signatures, giving us even the names of people within their organization we can fish as. Um, and so it can really take the, the spearfishing up a notch when your HR fish comes from a legitimate looking domain and a legitimate person inside the company with a legitimate signature. Um, so, you know, while we, we make it very non-punitive, very friendly, and we even gamify it, especially for the ones that, uh, that would cause somebody to be upset if, uh, if, if they weren't, so we tell people we're going to fish ahead of time and then, when we're sending a sensitive phishing simulation, we our AI Laura reaches out ahead of time and says, hey, this is the specific type of attack. Now be on the lookout for it. I'm going to fish you. And uh, and it will come either six minutes or six weeks later. Um, and so they will now be on the lookout and it creates a sort of hypervigilance. Uh, but regardless of, uh, of any of that, uh, you, you definitely want to avoid that, you know, that same sort of cyclical um overly used content because it's as people need variety um and that variety is is what helps to keep them engaged um an example of that is that uh you know we there's this thing called space learning theory and it it says that you know people digest content better and bite-sized chunks of information um but there's these sub uh, things uh, aside or like a sub laws with it one of them is that if you say the same thing in three different ways, you're going to get higher retention. And so uh, we have a, you know, especially for the really critical things like USB thumb drive uh, being dropped or uh, phishing, you know, phish email clicks. Um, we, we take those topics and that's exactly how our content works. You may 
see uh, very similar content multiple times, but it changes and it's that slightly different and it takes a slightly different approach and there's a little bit different story in there. Um, all to keep it fresh, keep it relevant and uh, and also help your your you know each person uh, uh, hear it from multiple perspectives and, and hopefully gain a better insight on it. And I think to uh, to get back to what what a business owner does with this, I mean, again, if I'm running a, a small ten person service organization with Outlook, uh, you know, Office three sixty five, um, and I know I need this, you know, I'm I'm going to look for a product that's that's pretty zero config, and and so and so if you know if if you're selecting, I'm speaking to our audience now, if you're selecting you know one of these products, you look for something that's going to be an easy ramp up, easy setup. Um, but then the uh, again the, the the trailing indicators. What is your measure of success? And and as I mentioned earlier, it's usually click rates. Um, and so you want to see, uh, you know, the the industry standard. Anytime I get into any of these, is thirty percent click rates the first time you run one of these, or even higher. Uh, we look to see. We were happy when we got down to one or two or three percent. Um, and but but you're you're looking through this adaptive approach to get down into the sub ones, right into point. You know, and and then and then you know, so f- again for the business owner, you're looking for something that's got a, a good dashboard on it that you can look and see, uh, and then also see you know, maybe who your problem users are, um, and you know at some point you do have to take that you know into consideration. If you got somebody, I always pick on the salesman, but yeah, if you got somebody that just will not stop clicking on the bad email, uh, at at some point Laura's got to step aside and HR's got to come in and <laughs> impose some kind of uh, uh, harder training or maybe even sanctions before that person gets you in trouble. Um, we're we're uh, uh, kind of up against a, a break point here, so I'm going to uh, just take a quick pause and uh, thank everybody for, for joining this first segment. We're going to break this into two because it's running an hour. Um, so, And then we're going to come back and talk. I, I want to get deep into the current threats and the things that are going on, I think, uh, to, to focus on that. So I've, I've been speaking with Joshua Crumbaugh, uh, CEO of Fish Firewall, uh, www.fishfirewall.com. Um, and we're going to come back in just a moment uh, and talk about uh, current threats. So that'll be in the next episode. But I want to thank you for your time today and thank you for listening to Cyber Matters uh, with your host, Russ Dorsey. That's me um, and part of the Kasuf Podcast Network. And we'll be, we'll be back soon. <laughs> 